I've got a great episode for you again this week with another fantastic guest, Jackie Parsons. She is a travel guide and it makes it sound so simple, but she has a business and she does guided walking tours in Australia and Italy and some areas around Italy that border on Italy. She said in the interview, they do 16 between her and her husband tours a year and they sound so much fun. I definitely want to go on one at some point in the future. And part of the reason is because I have done a walking tour. It was not a guided, it was a self-guided and it was one of the most amazing experiences of my life. And she does that for a living. So she gets to go multiple times a year and experience these little excursions that she does or their multiple day trips. But on each day, they take different excursions, different hiking excursions on each day. And these kind of trips, they're all packaged up for you. And since she's done it so many years, she started her business in 2007 and she's actually been a tour guide since she was in her early 20s. So she really knows what she's doing. And it's like being there with locals. And she can speak different languages. So she can speak Italian. So you don't have to learn any Italian to communicate. So I wanted to have her on. I read an article she wrote and I was like, oh my gosh. I went to her website. It was so great. I thought I need to have her on my podcast and share what she does with you. So if you're looking for an amazing trip to go on, this might be one that you want to do. Definitely research it and see if it is up your alley. So let's get to the interview with Jackie and I'll let you hear from her about what she does and what her guided walking tours are like. Here we go. Welcome to another episode of Living Your Sparked Second Half. Today's guest I have with me is Jackie Parsons. Jackie is an international tour guide. I guess that's the best description. Is that how you describe yourself in just a short three words? Yes. Well, yes, three words. I could just say tour guide, but yes, yes, three words, international tour guide. That sounds even more exotic. Yes, but it's more than that because you own your own touring business, which is so cool. So we're going to talk to Jackie about her path, how she got started and where she is now. And she's in her 50s. So she is perfect for the podcast. And she's doing what she loves. And that is so important. So we're going to talk about how her path led her to this. But her path has kind of always been, you've always loved travel. And so you haven't really veered just maybe starting your business out of that passion was the thing that you did a little bit later in life. But I love your story. We just met each other. I saw an article that she had written and it struck me because my favorite trip that I ever went on, well, I mean, I I love traveling, Jackie. So traveling, I, I think every trip is my favorite trip. It's like the current one that I'm on is my favorite. And so the one that I went on a walking tour in Tuscany in Italy 
was, I think, one of the top, one of the top, if not the top. And I think part of it was it was just such an unknown. Like we didn't I didn't know we didn't book the hotels. We just booked the tour and they dropped us off in a city and said, here's a map and walk. And, and we, we, it was just like step by step, turn, go 100 yards, turn left at the goat farm. And, and it was just so much fun to come upon the town that we were going to stay in and come upon the lodging that we were going to stay in and just have that unbridled trust that we would be taken care of. So you have tours that are identical, it looks like, same places that we went on. Of course, you do more because you do other places as well. So why don't you introduce yourself and then what you do and what you have to offer. And of course, I'll share her website so you can take a look. But for anyone who is looking for a fun trip to go on, something that Jackie has would be fantastic. So I thought that's why I wanted to bring you on so you could share what you do. And it might be just that somebody is listening and it sparks their travel bug. Thank you, Laurie. And thank you for inviting me today. And I'm delighted to be here. So yes, what our business does, it's called Hedonistic Hiking. And we run all-inclusive guided walking holidays in Italy and in the countries bordering on Italy. So we do a tour that starts in Slovenia, one that starts in Austria, one that starts in France. But because we have lived in Italy since the year 2000, that's been our home for half the year, then we have a, a huge affiliation, fluent in Italian. And so we offer the style of tour that you, Laurie, enjoyed so much. The the one difference is, is that our tours are guided. So they're small groups. We have maximum of 16 people and people come from, well, English speaking. So we have a lot of Australians, lots of people from the United States and Canada and from the UK as well. And they join together. And it is like traveling with a bunch of friends because you have like-minded people, you have this wonderful, you don't have to worry, you just go out for a beautiful hike in beautiful countryside. As your tour leader, I will be giving you little snippets of the local history, the local culture. We take you on trails that you're very unlikely to meet other hikers, but you will meet the locals. And speaking Italian, then we can chat to the locals and answer your questions, answer their questions. So it's a really fully immersive experience. And we started the company in 2007. So have been established for quite a long time now and have a great network of people, of hoteliers, of restaurateurs that have now become our wonderful friends as well. So yes, it's imagine. almost like I'm introducing you to the people I love over in Italy. And of course, the foods I love and the wines I love too. Yes. It's kind of like behind the scenes, right? When you like know somebody that you're going to visit, I think of MGM Studios or something, and then they take you behind the scenes of where a movie's made. But it's like behind the scenes because you don't get that when you're just a tourist and staying in a hotel. I would have never gone on a non-guided tour, but we were traveling with somebody. He had been in the CIA and he was really good at navigating. And it was actually his idea to go on non-guided. He wanted to do that. So I was like, okay, I trusted him, but I would go on a guided. I think yeah. I would be much more comfortable. And the non-guided 
tours. There's several companies that do that. They, they're very well set up because you get lots of information from there. And I think the difference is going with a guide, somebody that has the, the local knowledge can open those doors to get to know the locals. Because I think people love traveling and everyone's looking for that, let's say, authentic experience. But what we can offer is something really genuine. You really feel, even people say to us that when I arrive in a hotel, I get a big hug and people feel that being part of the Hidden Easter Hiking group, they really feel that they've got that welcome because they're coming in with, with me and they know that they're going to get very well looked after and it is just a beautiful way to travel. Like I, I love what I do, but I can see that the people who travel with us um, really enjoy it. And we welcome people. I think yeah, traveling with people of different, different nationalities is also interesting. It makes for very lively dinnertime conversations. Also, it's a fantastic way to travel if you're a single traveler, because mm. when you're a single traveler, you want a bit of adventure, but you don't necessarily want to go and sit in that restaurant on your own of an evening. So it's really nice to have a group of people with whom to sit and chat and spend the evening. But you have time if you want to have that peace when you're walking. You don't have to all be together in a big bunch because I think it is so therapeutic to be walking in nature. So it's nice to chat to people, but some people just like to listen to the silence and absorb the nature as well. Yeah, it was interesting when we went, there were six of us and we Sometimes we'd split up and walk individually, and sometimes two of us would be together, and it wouldn't be like my spouse. It would be somebody else. And yeah, so it was very meandering and flowed with, we even found, this was one of the coolest experiences, we came upon this church that had this iron gate, and my youngest daughter, who was an adult, and she had come with us, and she saw an owl stuck, trapped in the iron, his leg was, if you think about how ornate an iron fence is, and it, yes. it, it had this, it, it just gotten its leg trapped in this corner of the iron, and it couldn't get out, and it was going to exhaust itself and die. I mean, it couldn't eat, obviously. And so we were able to free it. And so that was just such, just a part of like, oh, we ran into this animal that we saved as part of the experience. How beautiful. And owl, yeah. how lovely. Mm. Yeah. yeah. One of the things you said on your website, which I loved, is that you love food, wine, and walking. So that's <laughs> like what it consists of. Food, wine, and walking. Who wouldn't want to so go true. on that? And yeah. Several yeah. guests arrive and they say, I love the order, Jackie, that you've written those three things in. Food, wine, and walking. But for us, the three go to work, go together so well. So Mm -hmm. the and you don't feel guilty right you no you 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 don't and then you walk it off and how long do you go we were like I want to say it was like 15 it was like 12 to 15 16 miles between from place to place that we would walk okay so yes we would a short day for us would be only four miles but a long day would be maybe 16 miles so all of our tours we grade from level one to level five and On our website, we have a lot of description about how challenging the walking is, how much ascent descent there is, but we're not racing. It's just they're great holidays for 
people who want to be active, as you say, they want to enjoy all the beautiful culinary delights that Italy has to offer. Um, and they want to do it guilt free as well. So we're eating, we're obviously in the hotels, we have a wonderful breakfast, we set off and then lunchtime, there's two people on each tour, there's myself or my husband as the guide. And then we have somebody we call the tour manager, and they will spend the morning going to the local markets, um, going to small shops to buy up the wonderful local produce. And then they park their minibus in a really scenic location and they'll spend the morning preparing like lovely salads and healthy things to eat so as you will come around the corner thinking oh I'm a little bit tired now I'd love a little pause and there'll be this table laden with like healthy food freshly made salads some of the local salami some cheeses bottle of wine if you want a little glass of wine with your lunch and you can all just sit down and relax and have the picnic and then in the afternoon continue walking so being a guided tour you then have that option so if someone in the morning didn't really feel like going hiking they could hang out with the tour manager help with the shopping and just sit there with a book uh, and uh, look at the wonderful views whilst the lunch is being prepared and then maybe walk the afternoon or vice versa so there are a lot of options there and then hiking in the afternoon in the evening we're always in a lovely restaurant and that might be a michelin starred amazing restaurant or just as likely it could be a simple trattoria with a wonderful nonna who's cooking this wonderful fresh pasta so we select the menus choose the menus so you have a really good sort of variation of food through the week sometimes we have a little cooking class as well so people have a laugh and prepare their own dinner so it's really it's fun we did a cooking class before we went on our walking tour in Florence and they had set up where we went into a restaurant and we had different stations. I was in yes, the station yes. that made almond biscotti. So oh, how I, delicious. I made mm. that. And then my husband was in the pasta making station, but it was so much fun. Yeah. It sounds like it is almost like a bachelor date, like going on the bachelor, the bachelorette. <laughs> like I'm envisioning like walking, hiking and turning the corner and seeing this beautiful table with food on it. <laughs> I feel like that would be like what it would be like being on that show. So that's. Pretty- <laughs> <laughs> but you're dating 15 other people or not. Dating, you are, you're you on are. a date. Yeah. On a date with 15 other people. So tell us the backstory, because you and I were talking before I hit record. And this is something you've loved your whole life. I mean, you from your early 20s were a tour guide taking people on bus tours. And you're British. And so you have to tell the story about how you met your husband. You met your husband. He uh, he was a tour guide, but he was Australian. And and so you live part time in Australia and part time. I guess you travel. You live in Italy. You do have a home base in Italy. We do in Tuscany, so probably very near where you might have hiked right past my front door, Laurie. Who knows? (laughs) Yes. We even actually got very dehydrated and saw a woman in her front yard and she was watering her plants and we asked for water. (laughs) And so, yes, we were able to communicate that, although none of us spoke Italian. I'm fascinated with people who know different languages. It's always been a dream of mine to speak a different language, but I've never put any time into it. I had Spanish for four years in high school, but of course, trying to communicate in Spanish, it's just a different, different world. I can read it. I know the alphabet, 
but there's different dialects and they people speak really fast. So yeah, I think it's so cool. You, it sounds like you know Italian and you know French. And uh, Spanish. And Spanish as well. Yeah. Yes. That's great. Although Italian is my best language now because we live there. But I was very lucky. I went to a primary school that from age six started teaching languages. So I started French from an early age. Then at high school, I took up Spanish and continued with the French as well. Learned a little bit of Portuguese. I had a very inspirational teacher. I know that for many people, there's sort of one teacher maybe that you you carry with you through your life. And this lady, she was inspirational in so many ways, but she was a wonderful teacher and really could see amongst her pupils who were the ones she needed to push really hard, the capabilities of everybody. She was absolutely fantastic. So I loved languages all the way through school. And I spent some time in holidays living with a family in France and then time in Spain as well. And the Italian came later, but with Spanish and French both being Latin-based languages, I did pick up Italian fairly quickly. And then once living there, you then learn everything about how to speak to the electrician or speak to the mechanic or whatever it is. So you become more fluent and then of course have friends there as well. So yes, I love speaking Italian. I'm a chatty person. So I think when you learn languages, it's much easier if you're talkative because you then have lots of opportunity to practice as well. So yes, languages was my thing. I'd studied it at university. And then after university, I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do. I'd studied Spanish and business studies, but business studies was more to placate my lovely father who really wanted me to do something sensible. And funnily enough, I did end up using my business studies, maybe. But after university, I went off and I worked initially for this travel company taking young people, so 18 to 35-year-olds, on coach tours, 50-plus people at a time around Europe, anything from two weeks to six weeks on a journey. So that was great fun. I was young and I was the same age as a lot of the clientele. And of course, I met my husband at the time. He was the the classic. He was the coach driver at one point and I was the tour manager. And I wouldn't say, well, passion blossom maybe, but then later love blossomed. I could see that he was a man after my my own heart. He was an adventurer as well. So Yeah, a lot in common. Yeah, we had a lot in common. We had a lot in common in in that way and talked a lot about our dreams for the future. I had a little foray. Then we based ourselves in England. I trained as a high school teacher and went into the classroom for a couple of years and enjoyed the challenge of teaching teenagers and then really felt that we wanted to live outside of England and really in Mediterranean Europe. And by that time, Italy had become very important to both of us. We'd spent a lot of time there through work. And so we really looked for how we could just up sticks and move across to Italy. And that's where I think the match with my husband worked. It was so good because I'm more of a risk averse person. And he is has that wonderful Australian like characteristic of thinking that you're going to give everything a try like being very up for taking a risk so I'd always be the all what all the things that could go wrong and he'd be the well you don't know until you try and I think I've taken a lot of that on board I've learned a lot in that so we then moved to Italy got jobs working as freelance 
tour leaders, but for a hiking company, because by then we, we felt older and we wanted to stay in one place, lead older people, slow down the pace, go hiking rather than traveling on a coach. And we did that for a few years, but we really, by then we knew that we wanted to set up our own business. So I love that, that you did that because it was like a stepping stone to starting your own business. Learn. Yeah. Yeah. And I think at the time we didn't necessarily realize it Mm -hmm. was a stepping stone. I mean, we were young. I think it it seems young now. We were around about 30. So at that time we still weren't too sure, but we knew we wanted our own business. We knew we wanted to live in Europe somewhere. And we loved hiking. Yeah, I feel like you're doing what you're passionate about and not realizing you're building these skills that were going to teach you, oh, I could do this better. I could do this in a way that serves exactly the people I want to serve and in the places I want to serve. And I think that's so great. So was it him that kind of pushed to start your business? Yeah, I think it was both of us because he's very much an ideas person but then i'm the more practical making the idea you know taking the ideas to the next level so we had a lot of conversations but i think it was him that made me take that final leap because i was thinking oh we might just test the water a little bit and try and do two things at once and he was like well you know let's just do it and so we did we took the leap in 2007 and did you just the, start with one and say, OK, let's did. try it and see what we think? We did at that time. So that was my sole job doing our company. And Mick had another job with a different coach touring company. So he had a sensible job, shall we say, with some sort of income. And I was able to do the research and make the contacts and do the hiking. It was wonderful because I was like researching new tours. But we started with one tour in 2007. Then we brought in a few more tours in 2008. And then at the end of 2008, the financial crash kind of happened. Oh, yeah. Um, and we thought, I remember sitting back here in Australia thinking, oh, crikey, what's going to happen now? And Mick, he's a very practical man too. So he would go off and get other jobs. I'd be sitting in front of the computer tearing my hair out. That's not his skill at all. So he'd be practical getting out of the house, probably getting away from his crazy wife, but going out and earning a living, doing whatever, bringing in a little bit of money. And I'd keep the company going slowly. And we thought, well, if 2009 we're more or less the same level as we are in 2008 if we survive then that's a good sign and so those first three years I often compare them to like a hamster in a cage and you're in one on one of those wheels that goes spinning around and I felt like that I just felt I wasn't coming up for air and at the same time we were moving we'd moved to Australia as well so we had our base in Italy but we'd actually decided to settle and establish our business here. So it's an Australian um, based business. And so for me, that was huge. I moved away from Europe where I'd spent all my younger years and we were settling here. And then we were starting a company as well. So yes, when I look back at it now, I think, crikey, that's made me realize that I am resilient 
and it taught me a lot. Mm. There was probably quite a bit of screaming and shouting and tears on my part. I'll admit that, but we got through it. And I think with anything, if you get through, then you come out stronger at the end. And mm. at the end of 2009, I sort of felt it could come up for breath. And suddenly we started to get more bookings. And then just with any company, if you're delivering a product and doing it well, something that people are enjoying, then it becomes, it just grows. It's like a snowball effect. So just then over the years, we've grown as large as we want. We don't want to get any bigger than we are because we think that our point of difference is that we are always the leaders on the tour and neither of us want to sit in a back office and watch people doing what we love to do. So we'll never get bigger than we are. We only ever have one tour at any one time. So yes, we're growing beautifully. And then of course the pandemic hit. So um, we got having the that. experience in 2008 exactly. you know, made you go into this with a little bit more. Although the thing I think that was scary about the pandemic is we weren't really sure how long it was going to last. I know. And I think, yes, it was very scary. And here in Australia, we were very locked up for quite a while. So it really did put the brakes on our business. But we were lucky in the fact that we'd been in business for quite a long time by then. So we had a big following and a big following of people here in Australia. So we were able, like every other tour company, to start developing more domestic tours, which saw us through. And we had a great following of people who would just literally come along. And I think they enjoyed doing the walking tours, but I think also they did them because they thought, gosh, we want hedonistic hiking to be you know, survive this uh, and come out the other side so oh, and we got lots great. of lovely messages from people in the united states who obviously we couldn't see but just people saying how are you how's it going can't wait to travel again so yes so i think that makes everything even more poignant and it makes you realize that you really are doing what you love to do so yeah that's the advantage of having different excursions and different tours is because somebody who experienced one with you would want to come back and spend time with you, but have another experience. And I know yes, that, it's amazing. that, yeah, you can go on the same tour and still have a different experience because the people are different and you might've changed things up a little bit, but I love that you expanded because for people who want to come back, I'm going up yes. to Thailand for a yoga retreat in March. And I went with the same couple who did it in Greece. They do yoga retreats all around the world. And so that was two and a half years ago. And so I know it's, well, it's going to be in different place and different people. So excited about that. So that's great. That says a lot for what you do, that people are coming back and doing different tours with you. I want to go on one. Yes. <laughs> come, to, come. Yeah, I mean, I it's wonderful for us. See, yeah. Because there's different ones. To, mm -hmm. Yes, we usually run about 16 different tours in a year. And we have about 18 or 19 in our repertoire. But as I said, because we only ever want to have one at any one time, we just do you know, 16. We start at the beginning of May and we finish at the very end of October. But we have people who come back time and again. We have a couple of people who have done 20. We have few who've done 15 because we recognize the fives and we have lots who've done 10 and yes, yeah, so lots. And it's really lovely because people will come along and they'll ask about somebody they met the year before or somebody they've met two or three times. And sometimes people will make friends 
on a tour and then say, oh, which one are you going to do next year? Or I'm going to not come next year, but the year after, which one would you do? But even if you come not knowing anybody, within like a few hours, you'll feel that you're really welcome. I love watching how people get chatting and get to know each other. And by the end end of the first day, you'll see people chatting away and having a laugh and finding sort of mutual connections. It's fun. Yeah, I bet it's a thrill to watch people experience the trip and what it is yeah what they go through and just everything about the trip yes Uh, i think because i can imagine how i would feel going on a tour where i didn't know anybody i'm a chatty person but turn up and there's 15 other people you don't know that's quite scary i'm always very aware on the first evening when people come down we always have a pre-dinner drink all together on the first evening and you you watch out for the people traveling on their own because you know it is scary you walk downstairs and you think who's going to be there but it is lovely to see those relationships develop and also another thing that i love is people they book the tour and you can see people eyeing each other up at the beginning some people they're looking thinking oh crikey they look really fit or am i going to be able to manage it and for me the thing that i find most rewarding is that is when you have a guest who is unsure about whether they're going to manage the the big challenging hike of on say day day five for example am i going to be able to do it and they put so much trust in you and if you say well yes i think you can do it and they do it in sort of bite-sized pieces and just at the end of the day you can just see the joy on that person's face that they've achieved something and maybe they've walked further in a day than they ever thought they would but they know that they're going to be able to do it because we're helping them along and the rest of the group as well and then of course we have people who they know that the physical side of things is not necessarily going to be overly challenging for them but there's always a bit of a challenge because we want to make sure that people really feel that they've achieved something it's you're uh, gonna burn off the food (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you do. You do. And you do. I do think that they're, it is definitely guilt-free indulgence. And I think there's pretty balance. So yeah, you know, what great. you're putting in and it's all healthy stuff. I know that you're having glasses of wine and you know, maybe a bit of salami if that's what you like. But overall, you're eating you know, really well. So yeah, it's good. that's great. And I imagine, too, it sounds like it's really flexible. If so, if somebody feels they're not up to it on a day, like you said, they can hang out at the place you're staying and exactly because we have as myself and then the tour manager and then the tour so the tour managers not hiking they're dealing with the food and the support vehicle so a person could either stay in the accommodation or they could be with them or they could just do a half day so there are it, it is flexible the more challenging hikes what we call our level five hikes there's less flexibility but then we have lots of other tours that if it's your first time on a hiking tour we always say that look at the level three level well level three is perfect because it gives you lots of options so there's something for everybody there yeah yeah you said i know people are probably curious because we have a lot of empty nesters who listen and they're probably curious well did she have kids and you said yeah (laughs) yeah you said that you really didn't want to have kids And I love that you didn't, that you weren't pressured into doing something because I do see how that would have been 
I mean, you can carry a baby in your backpack, but they grow up. <laughs> they do. So life yeah. would have been, it would have been very different if we You've had, had to homeschool them with the travel yeah. probably. Yeah. yeah. And your husband so was, was good with that. So you found Absolutely. a partner. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's been great. And we love that we've got friends who, you know, lots of friends who have kids. So that's been really fun. We've been watching them grow up, but we're very happy not to have had our own and to be able to do what we're doing. And our friends now, because we're in our 50s, our friends are looking at our tours thinking, oh, they look quite good. So now, you know, the people that have been watching us for the past you know, close on 20 years develop our business are thinking, oh, maybe they're going to actually come and do one of our tours now. So, yes. That's, that's great. That's great. So you talked a little bit about the challenges in terms of the business in 2007, 2008, the economic turndown, I should say. And then you talked about the pandemic. So I see those like being clear challenges. Are there any other challenges that you faced along the way? I mean, I imagine just being with this person all the time, you got to really get along. <laughs> sounds, yeah, sounds like he, he's easy uh, because he does what needs to be done. So it sounds oh, like don't tell him. Don't thing. tell him he's easy. <laughs> <laughs> this is my perspective. Goes Surely no husband is easy. Yeah. Well, I think we've developed a very good sort of working relationship. And I think the major challenges like the economic downturn and the pandemic, we've shown that we are very strong. Obviously, as with all relationships, there's been ups and downs. But when we really need to, we are rock solid and supporting each other in that way. And we've worked out which roles we're each. So I'm very much the admin person. So if people email our company, I'm the one that answers. But that doesn't mean to say that Mick doesn't know what's you know, who, you know, if there's a tricky email to deal with, I'll always consult with him. And then out on the trail, sometimes he'll, we're going off on hikes in a couple of days here in Australia. So that's wonderful because then we work together and he's doing the leading, the hiking, because I think being the Aussie, he needs to be the one who's telling the stories, the history, spotting the wildlife, etc., and keeping our guests safe from any snakes or anything. And I'm the one who deals with the, the food and wine side of things. So that's great. Mm -hmm. And my mum's just been visiting from the UK for the past month. And I said to her, it's great working with Mick in the way that we hardly need to communicate sometimes because we just know exactly that the other one's doing what they need to do. It's great. Sometimes we just work in there. We have a little house and we just work together and doing what we're doing. What we're doing. It does work, but it definitely adds an other, another element of challenge to a relationship because you are all together. Everything is all in one basket. And of course, you know, we're not disappearing off for, for hours at a time. Our life in Italy is very different to our life here in Australia because here in Australia, we're together all the time. And then when we get over to Italy, he might be on one tour and I'll be you know, heading off on another one the following week. So we're not together all the time. Mm. And that I was going to ask that. Yeah. Yeah. If you yeah, yeah, yeah. did separate tours. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Lots. So we'll go for weeks without necessarily seeing each other, but very much in touch with each other. So oh. it works. It works. Yeah, Can you have the Mick really tour well. versus the Jackie tour? <laughs> that, that we can't put on the recording. <laughs> uh, that's cool. Now, do you ever do any 
tours where say there's a group that wants to come in, they're all friends from a club of some sort. Like I'm thinking, although it was only seven of us, but I was in this wine club a few years ago and we all went to Napa together, which was super fun. But I was just thinking maybe a bunch of ladies want to get together and We do, actually. We do have people, especially they might be celebrating a milestone birthday or they're just friends that want to holiday together. So we do most years, we would have a what we like a private group who will Mm -hmm. block book one of our tours. And they'll say so they tend to think about that a couple of years in advance. And they'll email and they'll say, Jackie, in a couple of years, we'd like to all do the Italian Alps together and so oh, wow. we'll kind of block it and they'll come along and and organize that and sometimes we might get um, smaller groups of people when we first started up and we had a lot more time in our schedule because we weren't fully booked then we would be able to be a little bit more flexible and maybe do a group of say eight people for four days here and there but now we're happy that we have our schedule which is pretty busy and we're fairly booked up And so we don't necessarily have that much flexibility for last minute groups of people traveling together. But sometimes we might get four or maybe six people who book one of our tours with other people, because I think often people will think, oh, I'm not a tour person. I don't like to go on tours. And I always, my feeling is that our type of tour is the type of tour for people who don't necessarily usually go on a tour because it's something different about it. You're sharing that. You've already, before you even meet everyone, you've got shared interests because you love Italy, you love hiking, you usually love the food and probably like a a glass or two of wine. So you're bringing together like-minded people that may otherwise never have met. And so people are often pleasantly surprised with the lovely people that they get to share a holiday with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things also that you had mentioned is it was really important for you to incorporate your beliefs and life philosophy into the way you do your business. And I loved that because I think that sometimes people start businesses and they don't have that alignment. And I don't know that it works real well. And so my question to you would be, how does your business incorporate those things? What is your life philosophy? I think when we started the business, Laurie, it's interesting because I think this is something that's come to me as I've got older, maybe wiser. But now I am the age of many of our guests. Our guests are our age and upwards. And I see people and I fully believe is you want to, as you get older, there's nothing to stop us doing whatever we want to do. And that's what I'm doing. I think the joy of being independent and running your own business means that I feel that I can live the life that I want to lead. And so everything about me is connected with our business, Hedonistic Hiking. I live it, I breathe it, but I love it. Like I totally enjoy what I do. People will often say, oh, you know, what are you going to do come retirement? And obviously we have those conversations, but I feel hugely happy hugely fortunate to get up in the morning and do what I love to do because I'm a great believer in nature as the best medicine. And I think we all had challenging times during the pandemic. And for me, it was 
there was never a time and there is never a time when I find that if I go out for a hike, I don't feel better. So I'll go out rain or shine. And I love it sometimes with friends, sometimes on my own. But I think that helps you to share your problems. If you've got challenges, then you can discuss them with friends or you can just walk along and listen to nature and think about things. And you usually find a lot more clarity when you come back and then start the day. So for me, that's hugely important. I think I've always been a good communicator. And I think as I've had more experience in our business, I think that I am, have become a, a better communicator. And that's so important to me, the people that guests who come on our tours to be able to, um, for them to feel that they can ask me anything, but also the team that we work with, the team of tour managers to be supportive for them, to talk through things when there's challenges on tours, because it's not always plain sailing. There's going to be days when it rains. There's going to be days when there's somebody who is maybe a little bit over-challenged and shouldn't do the walk and you need to work out how you're going to make sure that everyone is happy. But also the, the relationships that we develop with the hoteliers with the restaurateurs and I think that's so important as well those the importance of communication and the importance of building those relationships I think makes us our business the sort of success it is and being sort of happy and ready to be adaptable and if there is a challenge now I feel stronger and I feel that I can just take a few deep breaths and think about it and take that forward into the day so yeah, I think my beliefs are very much developing friendships, developing relationships and enjoying nature, breathing, you know, this wonderful world that we live in, looking after it and enjoying it as much as we can. Yeah. I mean, it sounds to me like you are a part of the world in which you travel. I've only talked to you for a very short time, but what I can feel from you is that Everything you love has been built and infused into the business that you run. Yes, you love, exactly. you love language. You love talking. You, so you talked about communicating. You love travel and, and being on the go and connecting with people and sharing experiences with people. And I mean, that's a beautiful thing when you can build a I business do. around all yeah. those things. Yeah. I feel so lucky. And I think for when, when the business had to stop, you know, a few years ago and we weren't able to travel and able, it made me realize even more that that's what I love to do. I love a home and I love creating a home, but I love to travel away, to discover new places, to meet new people. And for me, one of the joys of our company is the fact that we create these tours and we create new tours and discover new places, discover new routes. And next year, we'll have a new tour, a new itinerary. And it's great fun because we'll go out and we'll research the hikes, we'll decide where we're going to stay. And it's wonderful. So you build it all up over a few years and then you put it out there, people book and you get the butterflies on the first day and then they yeah. come and you see them smile and you think, wow, this is great. I love that. That's so good. So, what do you see going forward as we wrap up? It just seems to me that you're such in a happy place in life. And I would imagine that the people, I don't know if, how changed you are from the pandemic, but I know now when I go outside and just it's the little things that I appreciate because 
they weren't so available before and they were taken away for a little while. And I would imagine that the people that come on the trips now are even more appreciative and embrace that getting out in nature and having these experiences and being able to be with people and be able to travel without limitations. And so how do you see your life unfolding in the next 10 years? When you talked about retirement, part of me often thinks about if you really find something you love so much, you never really want to retire. Sometimes when people are so eager to retire, it makes me think, well, you must not be doing what you should be doing if you want to retire. I mean, it's, it's I totally to, agree. To post and I'm, on the beach and stuff, but at some point you're, you want to engage in some way. Exactly. I agree. At the moment, I feel entirely happy with where we are in life. I feel healthy. I feel strong. And I'm, I think about that more. I think about keeping active. It's natural for me in our business because we are active. But I do I do think about that keeping, I was listening to one of your podcasts about keeping your bones strong and I do Pilates and I do exercise to ensure that as I am you know, in my 50s, that I am ensuring that I'm going to be or lowering the risk of being injured and making sure that I can continue. And I feel probably stronger because I understand my body better now than I did, say, a decade or more ago. So I still feel confident that I can carry on. And obviously, I get to look a little bit older as the years go by, but that's fine. And I would like to think that you know I can continue doing this and our business can develop according to our physical situation. So it can be adapted if we want to. We can do less challenging tours going forward if we want to. So there are lots of ideas in there, but I'm not ready to retire anytime soon. And I like to think our nephew has just become a bit involved in our business and he's also my godson. And I often laugh with him and I say, look, you're going to need to be wheeling me up mountains in a wheelchair when I'm 95 because I'm not stopping anytime soon. So that's your duty. That's awesome. I love that. I like to think that I will still be walking. My mum, as I said, she's just been here and she's 87 and she's not hiking up mountains, but she's still hiking. So I I'm still liking to think that I'll be in my 90s and still have a backpack on. But we'll see. We yeah. can just dream. Yeah, well, we have to mention your website. And of course, I'll put it in the show notes, but it's hedonistichiking.com, right? Correct. And I looked up hedonistic because for some reason, I think sometimes hedonism as this like really... It's got a negative, yeah, uh, it can yeah. have a negative feel. And yes. I, was, so, I love the definition. The definition, it says devoted to the pursuit of pleasure. Exactly. And exactly. it said it refers to a lifestyle actions or thoughts that prioritize pleasure over other life values. But I think we diminish life's pleasures. They make us feel guilty because it's like, and that's a whole self-care thing. I think pleasure should be a part. It should be a high priority. Exactly. And I think if you're getting pleasure, then you're giving pleasure. Yes. You should be. That's what I like to think. We're giving pleasure to other people. Yes. In so so many ways. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So thank you for being with me for the last 45 minutes. It's been really wonderful getting to know you. And I'm definitely going to look you up when I'm going to talk to my husband about a future trip. Yes. Uh, I'm looking forward to your booking, Nori. Yeah. <laughs> since we're going, since I'm going to Thailand soon, it probably won't be this year, but 
Definitely. And some of your tours are places I haven't been and would love to go. So yeah, I'm all for food, wine and walking. <laughs> Great. It's a good combination. Yeah. yeah. Those are my favorite things to do too. All right. <laughs> thank you so much, Jackie. Thank you. Thank you. 